0: Podcast for a uh, Wednesday greeting salutations to y'all. Uh, McCowan here and uh, Shannon with I. Hey, Thanksgiving tomorrow,
1: Bob. You having turkey? I am. Are you? Got a Are you going to invite me over? F-
0: nope. Got a couple of very close friends coming and uh, no room for you.
1: Well, I, I can appreciate the social distancing, but thanks for the invite.
0: Well, I'll send you some turkey, and you can have it at home, and that, that'll that be our social distance plan. Good,
1: good, good. Will you drive it over yourself?
0: No. Oh. Um, I'll also send some to our guest, Bob Nicholson, although um, he doesn't talk to me anymore. What, did I lose a game or something? What What is the story, Nick?
2: Oh, I know. I've made mistakes in my life, but the biggest one is me not calling you when the Oilers are playing in the playoffs.
1: Uh, well, after the success in Vancouver, my goodness gracious,
0: Twenty ten, the Olympics. Yeah,
2: I just wasn't sure if he still had the same phone number, Bob. I can't <laughs> believe it. I can't believe I did that
1: miss. Actually, it, n- there was no truth to the rumor. He's living in a box under the Jarvis Ramp. Okay, Bob. There was no, <laughs> no. truth to the rumor. <laughs> oh no! Okay, I was happy you cleared that up for me, John, because I didn't want to bring that up. myself.
0: Well, that's actually only partially true. I had a five-bedroom, um, uh, eight thousand square foot place underneath the uh, Jarvis Ranch. Yeah, Jarvis Ramp. Not <laughs> all that bad, you know. Um, hey, what what in the name of the baby Jesus is going on with uh, your league? Uh, the NBA has got training camp ready to start. They've got their schedule put in place. They're starting uh, in a couple of three weeks, four weeks, whatever it is. Nothing from you guys. Crickets. Uh, is, uh, uh, are you getting nervous? Are you, uh, uh, what's going on? No,
2: you know what? Uh, everyone's, uh, looking to have a clear answer. I know that, uh, both Gary Bentham and Don Fuhrer are having discussions, uh, and it's complex. Uh, you know, the NBA, yes, they're out in front of it. Uh, we have a different situation than the NBA and, uh, Right now, the teams are putting in a lot of their different uh, formulas, financial formulas, and uh, Gary's putting all of that together. Uh, We have the uh, border crossing that is different than the NBA. They have one team. We have uh, a number of teams here in Canada. And, you know... the health authorities are changing. Hey, look at the, in our province when we hosted the uh, the hub. We didn't have very many cases. Now we have a lot. So there's a lot going on. Uh, I know that uh, both sides want to get playing. Uh, and uh, also we just have to ha- have further discussions with the players themselves. So,
1: Hey, Bob, when you, th- when you hear that Las Vegas, uh, I mean, the, the Golden Knights, they have four players that tested positive. Columbus had at least four players test positive are you guys do you guys have protocols right now for players who want to practice yeah yes we do uh we have uh,
2: i think we have n- nine or ten players that are um, practicing uh in in edmonton and we have those protocols that get tested uh, uh we had a staff person that was around the players the other uh last week uh, that was tested positive so we shut them down for a couple days so that's going on so we're doing the, Uh, the testing with players that are practicing right now in Edmonton.
0: So we all know the Toronto Raptors tried to get the government to um, allow for NBA teams to come into Canada and uh, they were turned down. And there seems no reason to believe. I don't think that the NHL would have any greater success, which leaves us in one place and one place only. And that is a Canadian division, at least for a period of time. Are you aware a that that is the only way to go, and B, um, are they talking about some kind of a split season, whereby if there's a a um, if there's a uh, um, a know, change, well, if if the situation changes, yes, yeah. can you adapt to it?
2: Yeah, I I can't tell you that detail if there's going to be a split season. I know that uh, definitely one of the options is uh, for the Canadian teams to be uh, in a division by themselves at the start because of the uh, border crossing uh, regulations. Uh, I know the border crossing regulations are coming up again on December 22nd. uh, So we'll see what the federal government does to that. Uh, So that's one of the options that uh, the NHLPA and the NHL are looking at for sure. Uh, whether they would change that halfway through the season if they, they relax that, uh, I'm not aware of those that, that discussion, but uh, I'm sure with all the various models that they got that that's being discussed.
1: That, um, you know, it's if- no secret that there are some owners uh, that actually are losing less money now without playing games than, than would if they had to pay salaries and open their buildings to no fans. Um would, would the, and you talked about teams submitting financial um, circumstances to the league office. Is that the biggest issue in, in your mind, do you see, between whether we have a season that starts in January or not? I think you always got to
2: put first the, the safety side of it, John, you know, and as that changes, I don't think that's changed from day one. Uh, you know, and as uh, virus seems to move around, that still is number one uh, uh, for the NHL and the NHL Players Association. Yes, the finance one is there, and they have all the various models. I know that we're putting in our uh, various financial models from Edmonton on no fans to one-third fans to 50% uh, to full fans. Uh, trying to work in the various TV contracts and that. I don't have a real picture on where all that sits within the whole picture of the National Hockey League. Uh, and that's what uh, you know the National Hockey League
1: staff, Gary and Bill are looking at and taking forward to the NHLPA. Yeah, for the record, Eugene told us the exact same thing uh, from an Ottawa perspective last week that they were being asked to provide all of that information. So it, it, it seems to me, it's just, it appears just to be a, a continuing of a process before a decision can be made.
2: Yeah, I think it's, you know, they're trying to get clear on, you know, where the finances are and where the health situation is uh, in Canada and throughout the states. And, you know, the virus right now is at an all time high in uh, both of our countries. So that's, that certainly is a concern.
0: What did you learn by hosting the bubble? for lack of a better term?
2: Uh, You know what, uh, Bob, that's a real good question. I think the one thing we learned, and I give credit to uh, Gary and Don, that they were really, really strict with the protocols. Um, You know, when we went into the training camps, uh, various teams had positive tests. Everyone got concerned that, you know, some staff, some players had uh, positive tests, but that was really a cleaning out process uh, as they went through that. When everyone got to Edmonton, it was unbelievable how strict they were with uh, the protocols, with everyone wearing masks at the first five days, uh, everyone keeping uh, social distancing from each of their teams. And so they really had a clean environment and were able to do that. you know, one of the biggest uh, areas of concern wasn't just the players and the, and the staff of the 52 per team. It was really about all the other uh, people that were coming into the bubble, bringing in food, doing uh, services, uh, cleaning services, ice making, and they really had those layers uh, protected to make sure that those people didn't get around any of the players and staff, and that's why we're so successful in both Toronto and Edmonton because those protocols were put in place and
1: were really, really, uh, really strong. So you're you're going to host the World Junior, you know, hopefully, if everything were, goes according to plan. Uh, those same protocols in place? No, they're a little different, uh, John.
2: Uh, I was just in Zurich last week with the IHF. Uh, I can tell you that I was very pleased with the protocols that the IHF have put in. They're, they're not IHF protocols. They're not Hockey Canada protocols. They're Alberta health protocols, but you have to look at them in a different way. Uh, for the World Juniors, you have the various countries coming in. They've uh, got private charters uh, for uh, each of the for those teams, three three planes for um, seven teams. Uh, The key thing that we were looking at from the IHF is three days prior to them getting on the plane, they had to have two tests uh, that were negative. Then those players and staff could get on the team. Once they land in Edmonton, they're gonna be put in their hotel rooms for five days in individual hotel rooms. They won't be able to train, but they'll go into those rooms. They'll be tested. So when everyone comes out of their hotel rooms, they will be uh, in a in a clean uh, environment to go forward with their training and go into the. Uh, into so the world. Just,
1: just before Bob jumps in here, um, it, it the NHL players I and, I and I say this respectfully are adults. You're dealing with 17, 18, 19 year old boys. How concerned are you about that when it comes to the protocols? I think that's something that uh, I know that
2: uh, Scott Smith, uh, Tom Rennie, Renee Fasel, myself, have had those and I think they're gonna have compliance officers within each team. They're gonna have another uh, um, number of people that are gonna be in that environment. I think the more, I, I've stressed, the more of those people that they can have in the environment, walking around, Kids might just forget to put their mask on. Uh, You can do it once, but if it continues, uh, what are they going to have to do to that player? So it's going to have to be a real strict environment, and you're going to have to hammer that, not uh, every day, but every hour uh, through that event.
0: With uh, Bob Nicholson, you know, you'll forgive me, but I'm having a hard time understanding why the World Juniors is being um, contested. I sort of get the NHL and the big TV contract, and it's a long-form deal. I know the World Juniors are an extremely popular holiday thing. It's a big deal for TSN. It's a big deal for people who, especially now, I think we would all concede. You know, we're going to be we've been spending a lot of time at home. We were short on entertainment, and it will serve that purpose. But um, economically, it's got to be challenging. Um, how close do you think it came to not happening at all, Bob? Uh, I
2: think it came really close. And I think, the, you know, hockey, it's really Hockey Canada stepped up. As, uh, hockey Canada, with their partnership with the T- with TSN, uh, really felt that it was important to keep Hockey Canada, um, you know, out in the forefront of hockey in this country. Uh there's one way to do that, and that's to do the World Juniors. I know that their costs are continue, you know, are are rising, uh, but they they feel it's best for Hockey Canada, the symbol of hockey in this country, and the other countries really want to play. Uh, as you know, uh, Bob and John, uh, the World Juniors uh, in this country, uh, you know so much attention to it and even though there won't be fans i think the tv numbers will be huge uh for uh for hockey canada and the ihf um where
1: where does this tournament you talked about the other seven teams or eight teams wanting to play where where does this tournament fit now in europe um because there was a time when it you know really it was designed around what you guys did at hockey canada when you were there for the canadian market but how much has that changed? Yeah, you know what, it's it's really starting to change. You know, when
2: you rank, the, the Men's World Championship for the International Ice Hockey Federation is number one. That's what draws all their money, and that's what draws uh, all their sponsors' uh, TV numbers. We don't understand that in Canada, but worldwide it's huge. But World Juniors is really starting to grow. Um, you know, you'll see when it's hosted in Finland, Sweden, you know, last time in Malmö, sold out arenas. So it's catching on. It's still not what it is in Canada, but it certainly is really, really growing in other parts of the world.
0: Do you think it's because of the comparative with um, European soccer? And, um, and we all know the World Cup is the big, the big deal, but they hold a variety of um, tournaments for younger age groups, and they don't have near the impact. I wonder if there's a comparative there in your opinion.
2: Uh, A little bit. It took us a long time, Uh, you know, Bob. You know, it was World Juniors in Canada sold out. You go over there. I remember winning uh, gold medals in front of 300 people. I know. Uh, You know, but right now, the tradition of Christmas has really helped. And I really think more and more, you know, the NHL uh, visibility in Europe is uh, better today than ever before. And now they're seeing... These players going right from World Juniors and not just going into the NHL, but becoming stars in the NHL. So, uh, the followers of hockey really watch it closely because of that. You know, you look at some of the players that are going to play. I just, Doc, who was so good with Chicago this year, you know, uh, really made a huge impact in Chicago and now back playing in the World Juniors, takes you back to North Dakota when we had Sidney Crosby and. Uh, you know, so many of those great players on, on those teams. So um, the following uh, really is connected now, I think, World Juniors to the NHL, and uh,
1: that's real important. Actually, you bring up a really good point. We, we, do, we still don't have the Western League started. We don't have the Ontario League started. Quebec has tried to start, and they've gone in spurts. They're, they're playing again in parts now. Uh, but this is one of the very few times on the calendar now where people can actually evaluate draft available players, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's good. You know, they get to see these players, uh, you know, it's going to really help NHL teams. Although, you know, we really want the the three uh, Canadian hockey leagues uh, to get going. And I know they're all trying, Uh, we're certainly trying to do that. uh, In the Western hockey league, and we've got a formula just for Alberta, but the, but the World Juniors is going to have a lot of draft draft eligible players and that,
1: that'll be good, for, good for the players too, real good for the players and good for National Hockey League. You talk about, actually you talk about the Western League, uh, your organization owns uh, the Oil Kings in Edmonton. Do you see it, it realistic that, that, that the, the Western League starts sometime in January or February? Yes, I do, and uh, I give credit here to
2: uh, Ron Robinson, and I also give a lot of credit to the uh, um, Alberta Health. In our case, uh, we're looking at having a division of just Alberta teams, and uh, I know Jason Kenny really feels that uh, it's important to have hockey. He's looking at the Western Hockey League and the Alberta Junior Hockey League in ways to help uh, uh, us get uh, playing, and I think I think we'll be playing sometime in January Um, so I'm not sure how many games it'll be but and how many fans it'll be but I think there's a a way to do it
1: financially to make that happen and and does that mean that you expect BC to be able to do the same thing the American teams Saskatchewan and Manitoba I can't comment on that John because I haven't been around those discussions Uh,
2: okay Uh, Tim, Tim Shipton of our organization has been a real key working with Ron Robinson. So I I have a real good feel of where that is, but I I can't comment on the others.
0: With uh, Bob Nicholson, Um, I know Shannon has seen your magnificent new facility that um, has been constructed in Edmonton. I think we can still say it's new. Um, I, of course, have been patiently waiting for some kind of um, an invitation from you, but that has not been forthcoming. That's
1: not coming now no, well, you, gonna... know,
2: you know what, uh, John? Oh, no, John? don't start now, Nick. Don't, you don't know what, John? What? There, there could be a chance. Does, does, how, how are the numbers on this podcast? Is it really good? Well, oh, they
0: were good until this show.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, because we, we have built a little area in this uh, magnificent arena for a podcast, and maybe that could be you. You know, that would be the very first one in the best building in the National Hockey League, and have your – couple podcasts there that might be a pretty well, great...
0: maybe i'll just move in there's nobody else using the damn place now is there
1: yeah we got an extra coach for you that's what you used to sleep <laughs> <not do. laughs> hold on if he's if, if he gets the sofa do. what do i get that's what i'm concerned about
0: <laughs> nobody talked about you did he were we talking about you we weren't talking about you
1: <laughs> oh yeah yes yeah, yeah. so You've there been, we go thank you, you very much all the
0: time you know you're like you're, you're like on. this with all
1: Listen, the Edmonton Oilers have treated me very well over the years. I would like to think it's
0: a mutual situation. I'm like the flea on the dog, you know. (laughs) So how, um, no, let's. What is it,
1: Bob, what is it like, uh, Bob McCowan, what is it like not to be loved? I mean, I, that is an awful thing to go through, particularly at this time of year.
0: Doesn't happen very often. It's a rarity. It's only with Nicholson and um, I I can't explain it, you know. (laughs)
1: Listen, I'd like to
2: change this around a bit. I'm going to ask a couple questions.
0: No, I'm (laughs) going to ask you a question now. So, but I was getting to a question that was kind of the preamble. And of course it got out of control as it usually does with the three of us. But so you have this facility. It's not just an arena. It's everything. It's all kinds of stuff. Um, is Kate's running out of money? Is he okay? You know, does he need, does he need a loan or like business is bad, right?
2: Yeah. You know what? Uh, seriously, business is bad. Um, you know, when you have lockouts, um, you know, you have all your other businesses to support it. Uh, you know, Daryl's in uh, the restaurant business, the entertainment business, the Hollywood business, nightclub, uh, you know, those businesses aren't doing very well. Uh, we're fortunate to have someone like Daryl that continues to to support us. Uh, but things have been tough. Uh, it's been a it's been a tough number of months. Uh, we've had to put a tremendous amount of uh, staff on CERB, uh You know, rollbacks uh, to people having other people work seven days a week, fourteen hours a day, just to um, to keep uh, things rolling. So, hey. Uh, I see a light at the end of the tunnel, Bob. I see, uh, you know, some vaccines coming. Uh, so we got to keep, we've got to try to stay positive. We want hockey to get back and uh, get back to normal life because uh, this certainly isn't the way that we want to run our business or run our lives,
1: you know, as both of you guys know. Before you grill us with your very difficult questions. Uh, You you mentioned you were in Switzerland last week uh, and there was word coming out of there, not official yet, about um, the chance that, uh, whether it be COVID or other political issues, that the World Championships might have to move out of Belarus, out of Minsk. Uh, Any update on that? um
2: where we are with the, all the IHF uh, tournaments, I think there's approximately 40 uh, world championships uh, worldwide. We've canceled all the world championships for uh, for this year except world Juniors, um, women's worlds in Halifax, uh, under 18 men's in Plymouth and men's world in Belarus. Uh, there is uh, we're going to continue to look at what happens, probably make those decisions here in January. And there is a situation in Belarus, uh, you know, the political situation that's starting right. going. You know, the other ones are all about coronavirus. Uh, uh, and that certainly is there in Belarus. We have to get a better handle on that. And we have to look at the political situation. Uh, there's pressures on all sides of all of these tournaments. And it's a, it's a tough one. Uh, and even to move a world championship at this time is is tough. Uh, so we're looking to see if there's options there. So, But that decision will come out in January, John.
0: All right, you said you had questions <laughs> before we let you go. What do you want to know?
2: Yeah, obviously you haven't been doing very much, uh, Bob, and uh, I certainly understand your situation. I've been babysitting at your friend t-
0: Shannon. That's what I've been doing. Hold right. on,
1: hold on. I think, the, I think the words are in a little different order there, but that's okay.
0: Oh, no, they're exactly right. Anyway, sorry, Nick. What, what do you want?
2: Is your golf game better because you get to play more, or is it worse? And, you know,
0: you'll have to show up with your bag of money in order to find <laughs> that out. Nick. Yeah, you but
1: hold on. The, listen, I, I, you know, I, McCowan, this is actually a fair question because uh, as long as you promise to stay after the match, then I think Bob might show up.
0: What do you mean? Stay after the match? I always stay after the match.
1: Pardon me. Well, you go ahead, John. No, no, I, no I don't.
0: John. You 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 you're mistaking a generality of, of how I operate with how I how I deal with you. No, no. It was after it was three four it, hours listen, on the golf course with you. I've had enough. It was so,
1: very listen. To, quite frankly, I like and, and with with current events going on. Quite frankly, the last time the three of us played together was very similar to some of the reaction that the current president of the United States had to the election results. Uh, and, and you know, we, we didn't even finish putting, and you were in your car in the parking lot on the way out.
0: I have no recollection of that.
1: Well, and neither well, was I, the president in a couple of months, so it's okay. Yeah, I,
2: I remember that very clearly, and there was a whole trail of money that he had to do right to his car,
1: but he, I think he was short a couple of dollars as the car took off. Oh, well
0: what a crock of crap you guys are spending here no no where no. was this a blessed event take where this was at red take?
1: tail this is at red tail with your buddy brian cooper
0: oh was it right re- that uh, cockamamie uh uh, yeah, uh yeah. you know that that event for the uh the um the, the, ladies? the women's tournament yeah yeah the, yeah oh i love that yeah. event is that still going on nick do you know you're not there anymore, so you don't care. Yeah, that.
2: I don't get it. No, I think that uh, Pat McElhinney was the key behind all of that. And oh, well, uh, he's
0: had five jobs since then.
2: Yeah, he's he's on his fifth job, so it's changed. But you know what? That was a great event. Uh, it was great for It really helped the women's hockey uh, win the Olympic gold, and that's why I had to get you out there to get you supporting women's hockey a bit. Uh, oh. It helped a little bit, but not, yeah. not a lot. But it really helped me uh, finance uh, some of my uh, – uh, habits uh, playing golf. Yeah, I'd love yeah, to I'm play with to help. I don't think I have to bring a lot of money. I just got to bring an empty bag
1: uh, so you can pour your money in it. So yeah, yeah. look forward. Well, you know, as, as as part of your world, you have uh, you've helped helped promote the women's game. You've also have been very involved in uh, in uh, the indigenous people, particularly in and around your time with the Oilers. And sad to know that uh, Fred was passed away this week.
0: Yeah, very sad.
1: Yeah, really sad. I I got to know uh, Fred Moore when I came to uh,
2: Edmonton here. He's been at a number of games and had a huge impact, uh, huge impact on hockey. And, uh, you know, we got Black Lives Matters uh, that's going on in the National Hockey League. Uh, When we look at it uh, here in uh, Edmonton, we want to support that. But we really are putting more and more programs together to help the Indigenous people, uh, underprivileged people, in, uh, oil country, uh, area. And it's something that has to be ongoing, uh, with, with all the teams. And, uh, we, we feel really confident, uh, that we have some, have had some good programs are going to even have better programs as, uh, the hockey season starts up.
0: Nick, um, you know, we love you and we're, uh, it's so nice to see you. It's been a while since we've chatted and, um, nice to see your face here on the, on the YouTube channel. Um, and, uh, we. Well, let's keep our fingers crossed that hockey starts up soon and, uh, we'll have an opportunity to chat some more down the road, but thanks for this. we, we and Nicholson
1: and I need two aside from you, Bob. So
0: yeah. yeah. Two, Wh- two which side aside? would you two. like them on? <laughs> Left side hey. or right side? <laughs> uh. Listen, guys, uh, uh,
2: Congratulations on this podcast. Uh, Bob, uh, and you know what? Uh, you are both are true friends. And we're going to have hockey back soon. We're going to get it back. Uh, we're going to get back to normal. we got to make sure everyone stays in a positive mood. It's tough these days. It's really tough. But uh, say something positive to everyone you talk to, and
0: we're going to turn this thing
2: around slowly.
0: Uh, we wish you good luck with that, and we'll uh, stay on top of it. Bob Nicholson of the Edmonton Thank Oilers. You. For John Shannon, Bob McCowan. that's the podcast. We'll see you on Friday.